the eldest one said that the laughter and tears are sewn right into the quilt, part and parcel, stitch by stitch. Emotions, experiences, heartbreak, mourning, pain and regret, stitched into the cloth, along with happiness, satisfaction, cheer, comfort, and love. The finished quilts were a living thing, a reflection of the spirits of its creators. Arlene Stafford Wilson. Hello, welcome to StoryCraft, brought to you by the Pioneer Library System. I am Amanda. And I'm Zach. And joining us today, we have... Dana! Hey, Dana, thanks for joining us today. And we hope to encourage all of you out there to create your stories. Well, we have a new guest today um, who have come to, has come to us today to share with us about storytelling using quilts. So, Dana, tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you do and what you'd like to um, talk to us about. Um, I learned to quilt um, at a very young age from my grandmother and my great aunts. And um, it is a family tradition that continues on. I have taught my daughter and I hope to get to teach my granddaughters um, pretty quickly. They are, are interested anyway. They're four and five, so we'll see how it goes. Wow, wow, wow. So did you learn when you were really young like that? Yes. I was about five, I think, the first time that I started to learn how to quilt. And then it's just continued on from there. Well, that's amazing. You know, I sew, but I don't do quilting because I find it so intimidating. It's, it's just sewing. It's just a different um, art of sewing. I see. I don't agree at all. <laughs> I, I, I think it's it's it is truly an art form. And when we were talking before, and the reason that I wanted to have you here um, with us today is because we were talking about how quilts are genuinely telling a story. Like the quilt, the product itself is a story, tells a story. Each quilt has a story to tell. Um, you know, when quilts were first started, they were... Um, we had to use them to keep warm. And I'm sure that we've all heard about the Underground Railroad. Like they literally told a story to the slaves about where they, which direction they were to go and what time they were supposed to travel when they hung them out. But these quilts are family quilts. And so I brought three examples today. Um, one was made before statehood for my great-great-uncle by my great-great-grandmother and her daughters and um ladies in the neighborhood that some of which became her daughters-in-law they were getting ready to move from missouri to oklahoma mm -hmm. and so they made what they called a friendship quilt or an autograph quilt and they would simply take a piece of fabric and they would write their name on it with pencil and then they would embroidery their name so it looks like their signature and then they put them all together as kind of a memento or memory of this moment in time these were their friends and family in this neighborhood where they lived that they were moving from to take with them oh wow that's that's a that's a wonderful and so uh, for me it's a tie to members of my family that uh, were dead before I was born mm -hmm. but and and then my uh, great-grandmother her, her name is on there and I knew her when I was very young mm -hmm. um, and so when I see it it's just like a tie to I I knew this person um, it's a very well-loved quilt <laughs> and it's her and and you have her story it's her story. it's her story uh-huh yeah yeah. 
Tell us more about the Underground Railroad. The quilt served <laughs> as a map? Well, yeah. So there are different blocks um, that would, like, um, the Northern Star would tell them to go north. Um, the flying geese would tell them to tr- when to travel, like when the geese were flying, um, which would be like this time of year or in the springtime. Um, it, the, each block had a different name, and they would know the names of them because they would have been told to them by their ancestors as they made them, so they would know. Um, it was just like keys to, um, and when they saw it hanging on the fence as they were going the route, they would know this is where we're going to turn, this is where we're going to stay, this is where we're... So it was just a road map. So those were really specific stories. And my quilts are just family stories of love, like stitching the... We're stitching ourselves into the very lives of each other. Yeah. It's super interesting to me, the the pictographic nature of it. It almost reminds me of uh, this, like, the idea of this transient culture where there are symbols that are in public spaces that that mean certain things to certain people if you're in the know. And so the idea that, you know, in this specific instance where we're talking about escaped slaves running for freedom, but but the idea of your family, I, I'm sure there are things on these quilts that are like really specific to your kin, right? Like, or are there, there are things that, that you would seem like, oh, I get that. I know what that is. Uh, whereas someone else might see it and just think it's it's cool. It's a cool design. Right. And there are even more intricate details like, um, you know, cl- pieces of clothing. Like my mother will say, this was a dress that I wore to this event. And, you know, it's become a piece of a quilt block that's on, you know, in this quilt. And oh, so, so it just it, it just ties the story even further together. Like, right. you know. So it's. It's actually a way of like taking legitimate real memories and putting them into a form that that's usable in the future. Right. That's so and cool. Keep, keeping it with us. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that where you take um, articles of clothing, um, like either either baby's clothing or articles of clothing from a loved one who's passed and you re- reuse it, repurpose it into a quilt. Um, I, I have done that with all of my grandpa's um, clothes, mm-hmm. like his jeans and his shirts. He wore um, button-up Western shirts. And so we did that and made blankets for, you know, all of the grandkids so that they would just have those things. It was comforting, and it's just a piece of him. Um, you know, it was things that he wore every day. Right. He wore overalls. Um and so people made fun of him because he was always in overalls. You just didn't hardly <laughs> see him without him being in overalls. So then oh, they became blankets. It makes perfect sense because when you when you think of your loved ones and you when you interact with them and you like if you when you hug your your grandfather, you know if I mean I I come from a an affectionate family, so I know some families don't have that experience, but you know it's it, it's their clothing that you're you know you're hugging you know and it makes sense to me that a quilt would be incredibly comforting after someone's passed it has their clothing that's that's you know it occurs to me that we might have listeners out there who are like what is a quilt like what are you talking about can dana can you give us like a just so quick like if you had to explain the concept of a quilt to someone like what is this thing so a quilt is a type of blanket that is made of three layers and so there's a top layer um, that's usually pieced together it can be um, multiple there 
there are multiple techniques of piecing it together. It can be pieced together in pattern pieces of fabric, or it can be um, appliqued, like they can cut it out to make it look like flowers or uh, multiple ways. But anyway, they sew the top layer together, then there's a layer of cotton batting mm. um, that gives it loft, and then a bottom layer of fabric. And then you sew through the three layers in patterns, um, which is the quilting part that holds them together. And it gives it a, and then you finish the edge with a binding and oh. it becomes a quilted blanket. Now, when you say sewing with patterns, do you mean like the actual way that the threads intersect or or what is the, the pattern, quote unquote, for this? Okay, so <laughs> there are multiple ways to do this. Yeah. Um, the traditional way to do it, hand quilting, um, they would take and draw a design on the fabric um, a basket of flowers, a wreath of flowers, just a flower pattern, um, a feather. Um, there are multiple patterns that they would see and create something they created of their own. And um, then they would, after they had drawn it, then they would sew that pattern with the thread into the fabric. Um, then today we have machines and so they do all kinds of computer-aided patterns on quilts. but oh, So can you see beautiful. this one? It has, like, flowers and hearts. So this <laughs> is, yeah, I was looking at the pattern on this sort of a teal part, which is just a yes. gorgeous color, by the, the way. This is this is hand-quilted, and so wow. they have drawn this, this pattern on. Yes. And um, they have drawn this pattern on and then quilted it by hand. Yes, I so have it's like a basket of flowers. Uh -huh, this is a basket of flowers. I have hand stitches in this. My DNA is on this. I always tease. <laughs> if you don't prick yourself and bleed and leave your DNA, then you haven't done it right. And then over here you have like a heart in the corner. <laughs> That's wonderful. Wow. So is that is that to keep the batting like? Yeah, it's to keep the, the layers together mm -hmm. and with washing, um, you know, it doesn't separate and, and it makes it warmer and yeah, it just gives it a nice, lovely feel. And so this quilt is um, the quilt that was made for my aunt. Um, she got married um, 26 years ago, roughly. And so all of my grandmother and my aunts and I helped with this. We all made a, they all made a block and wow. they put their name in their flowers and then they put their name on it. This is my aunt Fern, um, who was actually my great aunt. Um, and my aunt Almedia, who is still living, has a block on here, and she is now 93 years old. And recently wow. we had this at the family reunion. My granddaughter, who is four, um, shares her middle name. She has her middle name. She's mm -hmm. Almedia Elizabeth, and my Aww. granddaughter's Elizabeth. And so they've met, and she knows her kind of. And we took their picture with the block because I'm not sure how much longer she'll be with us, you know, at 93. Yeah. And Elizabeth is only four, but I'm hoping that for her, the story of Aunt Almeida will live on for her in this quilt. When she sees that block, she will go, I remember her. We right. share a name. Right. This is her block. You know, it will kind of build that story for her to live on, like it, um, my great-grandmother and the older quilt that was built before statehood. So That's so beautiful. That's really cool. So, you know, you just, you just made me think of, some, I have like so many questions. <laughs> I'll try not to overwhelm you no. and all of our listeners. Overwhelm um, her very much so. <laughs> this is so interesting. Because she says, oh, it's, it's just sewing. And I'm just, you know, I, I 
No, it is not. And and it's I, the but I don't want to. Probably. I don't want to. I don't want to discourage anybody from quilting, but it terrifies me because it. This is gorgeous, and there's so much that goes that has gone into it. I mean, there's choice of color and choice of pattern and choice of fabric, and then this the the pattern of the stitches I'm just like I'm blown away and I would be paralyzed from how the decisions have to be made because that is amazing but my question has to do with the with the fabric is there a particular fabric that you have to make quilts out of I noticed that you you mentioned that they last for generations and in order for them to be able to withstand all of that like quilts do they're, they're tough like do they have to be made out of a particular like blend of of there isn't anything in particular that they have to be made out of. Really? I've seen them made out of every possible conceivable fabric. Really? I will tell you that um, that saying you get what you pay for, if you're going to buy fabric and you're going to invest the time, um, you should invest in a higher quality weave of fabric and not the cheapest fabric that you can find because it's not as tightly woven and the more you wash it, it will mm -hmm. begin to deteriorate over time. So, it, I mean, there is work involved. It's yeah. a work of love and you do have to invest time in it. So I would say, you know, a, a higher quality fabric is is better if you're gonna if you're gonna try it a tightly woven like mm. cotton cotton a, a, a cotton is the best okay mm -hmm. and just something that is you know not uh my um grandmother used to say if you can hold it up and see the newspaper through it read the newspaper <laughs> through it it's not very good <laughs> so you want something that's a right. little s sturdier right right well and you were saying like these things last for generations ideally right yes. like yeah I, I did want to share, I have a couple of quilts of my own here, if that's cool. That's um, cool. Yeah, I, I found, well, I've had these forever. Like, the church ladies made me this when I went to college. So it's like, uh, it's not nearly as, you know, nice as yours, but it's the idea is like, it's big enough for one of those extra long twin beds that they give you in the dorm room. Yeah. And that's it. It's and a so log like, cabin. Yeah, it's like really cool. And it just made me so happy to like have it still and to to keep it here. Um, and there's my grandma helped make this. And there's one square on it that is wrong, that is like turned wrong. And I asked her about it, you know, uh, years later. I was like, hey, there was a thing on that. Why was that turned wrong? She said, well, when you were in junior high, you did a project for home ec where you had to quilt um, or make a an oven mitt, oven warmer, uh, what mm -hmm. is this kind of oven thing? And you messed up one of the squares. And I always remembered that. And I just thought that was so- She like, purposely put that in there? Yeah, it's <gasps> so interesting. That's part of your story, Zach. Exa yeah, and that's, so when I heard we were doing, like this is such a cool thing to me. I, I oh, It's wow. so fascinating, yeah. Very that's cool. That's adorable that she's, she's put that in there. Yeah. That's neat. That's it's very really cool. Cute. Yeah. I I think that this is, we talked in a previous episode too about the way that like we tell stories, you know, kind of through family lenses even a little bit. And I think that this is a, a really good example of that, that, that sort of lineage that, that comes through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my other example, um, I don't have the quilt with me <laughs> because it became a forever quilt. It's kind of... Um, <clears throat> a difficult story, but recently um, 
my cousin's wife, her mother needed a liver transplant and was in the hospital. Um, it was a very difficult situation. And so we got together and made her a quilt. It's um, bigger than a lap quilt, but not quite as big as your twin quilt. It fits okay. on a hospital bed. Okay. And all of the blocks were specifically made for... Um, her uh, and her situation once said recycle yourself um, mm -hmm. because she was waiting on a liver transplant. She needed somebody to um, donate their their organs. Right. And um, so she got a, a liver and we were very happy and she was doing very well with her transplant, but unfortunately got COVID in the hospital oh and um, passed away. And so the family, she, it meant so much her quilt um, that they decided to bury her with it and it became her forever quilt. It went on her um, casket mm -hmm. and um, instead of flowers because it was really beautiful. But, um, you know, quilt, Every quilt has a story, and hers was telling the story of what this the struggle that she was having, mm -hmm. and and the and, love that surrounded her, through and it. the love that surrounded yeah. her through it. Yeah. yeah, and so you know they're very varied from names to um, the events in your life. Um, my mother had breast cancer, and we did one for her um, while she was fighting breast cancer because when you're going through chemo, a lot of times you're very cold, and so she would cuddle up with that, and and that was her comfort. So they're your comfort, but they're also they're the story of the things that go on with you. So mm -hmm. they're, they very much tell your story. Well, and that's what I, one of the many things I love about quilts is that they have a practical use. You know, it's, it's art. You can hang it on the wall, mm -hmm. right? You know, but they do have a practical use and they have stories and they have history. I think it's that, yeah. you, you know, you talking about this and the idea is like they're seem to be made for events almost like for, oh, a thing is happening. Like, let's make a quilt. And I really love that you said you guys all work on it. Like it's yeah. a communal thing. Yeah. Right. I was thinking the same thing that they're all all of the, the people that come together and work on the same the same project, the same project together. I have a this is maybe more of a mechanical question, but when you guys come together on these and make them together is there ever like a hey that doesn't really fit the vibe of the quilt or you just oh, kind of yeah. work with it um no we just work with it um yeah. you know you have to give grace to people and sure. um you know you just make it work you sure. just fit it in somewhere sure i'm just imagining so, it. zach you can't have that big t-rex in the corner it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no because you see that's part of the story that what yeah. that's what makes it tell a story is because it came from you so um you know we yeah. teased my cousin um we made one for my grandparents wedding anniversary and she did skis because she likes to ski. every block was supposed to tell the story of you mm -hmm. and so you know it had your name in the middle and then the things you like to do and she embroidered skis and she did these huge long stitches on her skis and so we still make fun of her for her skiing but that's what makes it you sean's is because she right, did it right. so your t-rex yeah. would fit right in because this makes it part of the story so yeah even even the goof ups mm -hmm. have their own that's beauty right. and personality and that's right. yeah. yeah yeah well and i've seen quilts that i think aesthetically like they don't they don't go like the colors don't don't fit like you know they don't all go together or match you know <laughs> but that's 
that's kind of the quilt vibe, right? Right. And it's that person's, that mm-hmm. person's story. And, yeah. you know, their abilities are there in that quilt. Yeah, and so it's kind of a beautiful it, it makes them, it makes it theirs. So, so, but if you're planning a, qu- a quilt, that's not um, like a community project or not, it's not for a specific memory. It's not made out of scraps. Um, but you're planning it because you're, you're going to go to the store and you're going to buy, you know, fabric to make a, a quilt for, I don't know, a gift or something, uh, or for, for yourself. How do you go about choosing all of that? As I was mentioning, there's so many choices to make, like, uh, <laughs> how, how do you start? Well, I usually, um, wait for a pattern to call to me. Like oh, okay. I will see something and say, oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. And then, so then I start with a pattern and then it has to fit my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to tease me a lot. Um, I sewed with a group of ladies um, once a week and they said, you make an awful lot of Halloween quilts because I graduated <laughs> from OSU. And mm-hmm. so I made a lot of orange and black quilts. Yeah. And okay. so they were like, you're the Halloween quilt lady. It's not really Halloween colors. It's OSU colors. But, um, you know, now I... I'm kind of in a turquoise phase of my life because my house has a lot of turquoise in it. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of turquoise quilts. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're doing for a new baby girl, it's probably going to be pink and a new baby boy, it's probably going to be blue. It just kind of depends on what you're doing and mm-hmm. where you're at and what you like. Um, I did one not very long ago that was rainbow polka dots just because it made me happy and yeah. because I love polka dots. So do you always, do you always have a pattern that you, that you go off of or do you ever just start stitching some, you have to have a pattern, right? Like there's a, ge- a lot of geometry that goes in. Well, that. you can I make your own, but, it. but you have to have. I have made my own before, but you have to have some plan of Mm -hmm. what you're going to, because obviously it has to, quilts are square, Mm -hmm. they fit on the bed, and so they have to have a size, dimensions, and Mm so, you know. Do you plan that whole thing out, and then, yeah, like, yeah. And then you start cutting and Mm -hmm. sewing and putting it all together and making it look like you're drawing, so, Yeah. 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 The only quilt I've ever kind of sort of, Free, freestyle done it um, is a string quilt, but you still have a basic block size, mm-hmm. and then you take scraps and just sew them to that size to that size block. Yeah. So, I mean, you still have a size, yeah, so that it all works out to a quilt in the end, yeah. not some <laughs> some <laughs> weird. What is that? Hypotenuse. Or <laughs> some strange polygon shape. Yes. <laughs> nice. So, uh, Dana, how long does it typically take to to make a quilt, would you say? Well, it just depends on how involved um, Mm -hmm. you want to be with it. You know, if it's an autograph quilt that's pretty straightforward, simple box that you're putting together, you can do that in, you know, you can put the top together in a day. And then if you're going to quilt it by hand, that will take longer than if you're going to quilt it by machine. Mm -hmm. Um, so it just, there are a lot of variables to give you the answer to that question, sure, you know, yeah. a lot of decisions that you have to make. So, yeah. yeah, this makes me think about, um, I read about a woman whose, uh, hobby, I think it's fair to say was to go to, um, like 
estate sales, not estate sales, maybe or like garage sales, and to buy unfinished projects. Oh wow, UFOs. <laughs> okay, so you're, <laughs> and that's what we call them, okay. unfinished projects. And so <laughs> she would go to, um, she would like buy a box of, uh, you know, sewing projects that someone had started or a beading project that someone had started and she her job was to her her goal was to finish those and um and you know that was kind of in honor of the of the usually the women who had who had started Started those projects before and finished it for them and uh, it kind of became a community project one of them was huge and it was a quilting project that um that a woman had begun and it was, she was in a nursing home at that time and it was just a huge, huge project and a bunch of women helped her finish it and then they took it to her. That's nice. Yeah. Sometimes there's a reason why people stop projects though is because sometimes they get off and they can't figure out how to straighten it out. And so sometimes when you get roped into finishing someone else's UFO, it can sometimes be a nightmare, yeah. but well, I I like that idea, you know, that perspective. So sometimes when we un, we don't finish a project, it's because we care too much, or we you know we've gotten too involved, or something. But right. so I th- sometimes I think just the perfect person to finish a project right. is someone else, right? <laughs> so um, I thought that was just an incredibly loving thing. It is to do, but thing. Um, I because I was you know. I thought of that because I thought I I want to start a quilt. I would probably never finish it. Oh, no. <laughs> I would be one of those. <laughs> we could do it together. I'll help you. <laughs> Great, thanks. All right. So, well, hey, amazing. Dana, thank you so much for coming and talking to us about this today. Um, do we have any other? What What else can we can we ask about? quilting well we have some library um materials for more information that i wanted to share we have several copies of this book called the big book of scrappy quilts um i noticed that it was in several of our of our branches um so go find that in the nonfiction section we also have some videos on our hoopla app um it's a hoopla tv series called craftsy um, that had, and there are several qu- uh, quilting videos on there. So check mm-hmm. those out. There were there were quite a few. They looked uh, pretty helpful. So be sure That's and check great. those out on Hoopla. That's great. Thanks, Amanda. Um, Dana, do you have any uh, tips for our listeners about starting to to craft a story quilt or just a quilt that tells a story? Don't be intimidated. It it you know it's just fabric you can there's a seam ripper you can always (laughs) take it out you can always start over um as my grandmother would tell you um no one can tell it's not perfect on a galloping horse (laughs) (laughs) um, you know it's it doesn't have to be perfect don't be hard on yourself I mean yeah and the more you do it the better you get at it just like anything in life so don't be afraid to try it yeah. Thank you so much, Dana. Thanks. And thanks for coming and sharing with us today. Thank you thanks so for much. inviting me. I, I really appreciate it. I'm so glad you came. So thank you so much. Thank we you. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, listeners, if you make a quilt based off this prompt or you have one you'd like to share with us, go ahead and send us a, an email at podcast at pioneerlibrarysystem.org with the subject line Storycraft. We'd love to see it. Um, anything else? Pictures. Amanda? No, yeah, I, a lot of I, pictures. I would love to see some pictures of 
quilts or hear some stories. All right. Well, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye.